What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition, once again, of the Three in the Key podcast. I'm sitting here across the table from the one and only MD. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm feeling real good. Fresh cut. Looking good. Shout out to my boy Hans out at the Bird's Nest in Newport. Making me look good. We have a wedding this weekend that we're going to, so I had to look fresh. New cut, new me. I like it. Looking very clean, very Thanks, clean. man. Thanks. Dude, so uh, you went to uh, a Laker game this week. Uh, I went to an amazing Laker game. So where, jealous. Yeah, it was this past Sunday. It was Lakers against Hawks. We got to see an amazing game where the Lakers got to stomp on the Hawks. They did. And <laughs> highlight of the game. Danny Green dunking. Oh my. So I know everyone was probably amazed watching it on TV, but being there in person, like, I don't know anyone after him dunking that was sitting down in their seats. Everyone was like blown out of, like the Dwight reaction with his hands on his head (laughs) was the exact same reaction I had and the exact same reaction everyone around me had. Everyone was out of their seats like, oh my goodness, did Danny Green just do a, like put pack dunk that was crazy it was crazy but it was an awesome game to go to loved it love always going to laker game being with fans feeling the energy yeah there's nothing like it i i need to get to a game at some point i'm i've been like looking at the schedule looking at prices for tickets and they're so freaking expensive but i'm going to make it happen i assure you so maybe we'll go together we should definitely make that happen so a little uh little secret that we, uh, I don't know if many of you guys know this, but if you have an American Express Platinum card, there's actually an American Express Centurion Lounge, which is on the same level as all the club seats. So great view, a lot closer. So what we did was, it was for one of my buddy's bachelor's parties to end his bachelor party. Mm -hmm. We bought super cheap, like $50 nosebleed tickets, last minute nosebleed tickets, and then we got to the game. The game was at 6.30. We left for LA at 3 o'clock. Got there by 4, excuse me, 2.45. Got there by 3.45 and immediately just went in line. Wow. You have to be the first in line because the American Express Lounge probably only allows 40, maybe 30 to 40, maybe oh, wow. 50 people so in the lounge. Small. It's really limited. Um you whoever has the card can allow three guests to go in so there are only four of us what but then on top of that of the 40 people i'd say that are allowed in there's maybe 20 seats 30 seats total so there is standing room for about 10 people oh wow so it definitely is while it's better seating you have to get there and it's first come first serve so we were like i think it was myself us four along with three people lined up at that time we Mm -hmm. got their doors open so the 6 30 game doors opened at five we got there and were lined up by 355 okay so a full hour and five minutes before the doors opened in order to get into that they recommend around 45 minutes early but a ton of people know about this lounge now it's not really that much of a secret a lot of people are bringing in friends on top of that so Mm -hmm. it's tough to get inside but totally worth it 50 bucks dude and we got club level seating that's like, legit it's it funny will... my co-workers were literally just t- telling me about this last week so it's funny that you went and used that because i didn't believe them at first i was like wait you can just buy any ticket to mm-hmm. get into the arena and then just upgrade your seats to these club level like it doesn't make sense but 
it does make sense when you think about the fact that you have to be an American Express card holder. And from what I understand, like there's some some fees with that card. Oh, it's a five hundred, yeah, six hundred dollar fee a year. So you're to have that card. Like, yeah, you're you're getting an upgrade for essentially free, but you're also paying the the service fee for that card. That's including that benefit to go. Right, right. So you have to have the card, and you have to like. I think it's a card too that it's pretty hard to get. You have to have a really good credit score and everything, but it work. It's worth it. it comes that's with legit. a lot of benefits. One of those being to get to see better Laker games. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. I think that's what sold me Yeah, to get that card. Well, there you um, go. A little tidbit amazing. for you guys out there. If you're looking to go to a Laker game and have an American Express card, little life hack. Just buy a cheap ticket and be yeah. one of the first in line for that Centurion Lounge. American Express, sponsor us. Oh, but also on top of that, Kobe was at the game. Oh my like, gosh. Of I'm all so the games, jealous. so two of the guys, that was their first Laker so game, jealous. and I was like, you went to one of the best Laker games. Not only did they smash, not only did LeBron go off and you saw Danny Green dunk, but Kobe was actually at the Laker game. Mm -hmm. He never goes to Laker games anymore no. unless it's something special, and he just showed up. Yeah. A lot of people were saying he showed up to kind of hoping to see Vince play for the last time since everyone's saying this uh, is kind of like Vince's last year. And he sat out, though. Vince. I know. He didn't get to play at all. I think they had him listed for, like, personal reasons. I don't know what that means. Maybe but him and Kobe had too many drinks beforehand. Maybe. A little partying too hard, but <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Well, dude, you had a good time. I think we'll we'll touch a little bit more in depth on that game when we get to the recap in a moment. Um, but glad you had a good time. Anything Thanks, else uh, go on for you this week? Uh, went to Joshua Tree the weekend, hung out, threw some axes, went axe throwing. I definitely recommend it. We definitely have to go axe throwing soon. It's a good way to just kind of chop down trees. <laughs> well, you're throwing them. You're not like hacking with the axes. No, All right. no, but it's a lot of fun. I definitely let my uh, inner man come out, wow. you know? Yeah. It's nice, especially, you know, we're in this Orange County bubble. Everything's perfect. Sure, yeah. Need to throw some axes every once in a while. Yeah, rip off the hipster boots, you know, <laughs> shave the beard, and just get really manly. Yeah, wear, <laughs> wear a plaid shirt. Yeah. And go out there. What about you, Rachel? Any updates? Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, it's a little bit of an update on my school. I'm I'm now officially less than a month away from graduating. Ooh. So freaking stoked, man. I cannot wait. I literally have this like cheesy countdown app on my phone that I glance at every once in a while. Like, how many more days do I have? How many more days do I have? Because I feel like um, I'm like doing time in prison right now. I'm just like, you know, tallying the days that's oh, left man. in my cell. I'm just like, get me out of here. For those of you that don't know, Ryan's journey to graduation hat. I mean, has been a journey. Like he should genuinely write a book. I should write It'll a book. It'll probably yeah. become a New York Times bestseller <laughs> about his journey to graduating. How I overcame. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's one update. Uh, I guess another significant event that took place today, actually, I tried arugula. Wow. For the first time today. Can I just, I'm just gonna give a hand, like clap for that. That Thank is you. amazing. And I'm sure if you guys have listened to this podcast for your episodes now, you remember the whole Ron Swanson conversation, <laughs> how I identify with him primarily because of he shares in my hatred for vegetables. And I ordered at Corner Bakery today a pesto chicken sandwich. And I thought I carefully analyzed the ingredients that came on that sandwich. However, I overlooked arugula somehow. I, I don't know. I thought maybe I thought it said aioli or something. I don't know. But... <laughs> 
when I got my sandwich, I had a freaking lump, a hump of, uh, hump? Heap? A heap. <laughs> a heap of arugula on my sandwich. And I'm with some coworkers, so, you know, I don't want to look too childish and picky, like, just, like, scraping off all the arugula. Mm. So I ate it. And I'm um, feeling pretty proud right now, you know? Good I'm, for you, I'm dude. pumping with chlorophyll as we speak. Dude, good for you. I, yeah. I kind of see a little green in your eyes. I think I'm glowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, females have the pregnancy glow. I have the uh, vegetable glow. Arugula glow. <laughs> Arugula glow. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's about it. So, anyways, without further ado, let's get into some recap on the games that happened this week. MD. So the Lakers played another three games this week, and as we predicted on the last episode, they swept it. They went 3-0, and I believe they went 4-0 on their homestand, I think it was. They or, did. Or maybe it was they 3-0. Did. Whatever it was, three or four games, they ended up sweeping the homestand. So um, a success there um, by all accounts. They played the Kings, the Hawks, and then the Thunder, and they won each and every one of those games. The Kings game was especially close. Um, I think we'll dive into that in just a moment here. But the other two, I didn't really feel were ever in much question, especially that Hawks game. Um, but even the Thunder game, the the scoreboard reflects that, you know, we only won by five points, 112-107. But it didn't really feel like we were going to drop that game at any point when I was watching it. Um, but let's dive into some, some detail on that Kings game first. Um, did anything stand out to you while you were watching it or just checking the box score that the Lakers did well or maybe you thought that they should have handled differently? What stood out to you? To me, definitely this was the first game, I think, in a while where the Lakers didn't score over 100 points. Yeah. I saw some offensive struggles, specifically for Anthony Davis. Only had 17 points, five rebounds, two assists. And so my big struggle here and my big point here would be like, if Anthony Davis isn't scoring, he needs to be just a monster on the boards or yeah. affect the games different ways. We have this conversation, I think, once every week where how can you affect the game without scoring? Mm-hmm. And to me, Anthony Davis kind of didn't do that. I mean, defensively, he still did. Still had blocked some shots and was still changing shots when people drove. But overall, it's like, I want to see double-digit boards. I want you to still be involved in you know, little layoffs or handoffs to people that are cutting, you know, he still draws a double team, even if he's not having a good game. Yeah. And to kind of like a counterpoint, I guess, to that, I truly believe that AD is actually holding back to a certain extent, Mm. because I think he is nursing that shoulder and he's, he's wanting to be cautious about it. And we talked about this recently. He's making it a point to be out there, be available. He played 35 minutes in this game. But I think that he isn't going all out as much as he can in certain aspects of the game. Scoring, if he gets the ball, you know, he's going he's gonna to do his thing for the most part. But I think he's reserving himself in some areas, like rebounding, for example. So he only had five in this game. And I think that that might be attributed to him fighting through that injury. You know, that's a great point. And I actually will agree with you because... Looking at the Hawks game and even at this past OKC game when Anthony Davis kind of rebounded from having uh, a worse game against the Kings, 
all of his shots, a lot of the times he's been scoring and when he's had kind of an offensive explosion per se, it's coming from the three-point. It's coming from hitting three-point three three-pointers in this yeah. last game. It's coming from having a solid mid-range and really opening up where the defender has to kind of come up close to him so that he gets easy drives and layups mm -hmm. where he's not really kind of grind, grinding down low and pounding down low and backing someone down. Yeah. Which attributed could be because of the shoulder and the rib injury. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to kind of face and get hit down there mm -hmm. like you will, grinding and instead letting JaVale and Dwight kind of work down there. Yeah, true. I mean, think about like when we play pickup, like if we just think about fatigue, like when we get tired, which oh. is very easy these days <laughs> with our lacking cardio. But when we're tired, it's a lot easier to, when you catch the ball, just square up and try and shoot a mid-range than it is to start to back your way into the post or to oh, yeah. hustle to try and get that offensive rebound. Those oh, yeah. areas of your game are going to take the hit first. And I feel like some of that's happening with AD right now. So I don't know if AD's game right now compares to our pickup game, old man <laughs> game, but <laughs> if there is any similarity, I feel like that would be it. He's um, sacrificing in some areas of his game so that he can still have contributions in others like his offense. So... Uh, but I mean, the Lakers still pulled it out. Um, another thing of note in this game, we got destroyed from three. I mean, mm. I think especially in that first half, the Kings were hitting everything. I think uh, that's kind of been an ongoing story when we see even that Phoenix game. When yeah. Phoenix was close and I think had the lead for a little bit at one point. It's the three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. Our losses have been to good three-point shooting teams or the other team just makes... A couple more threes than we did you know like that Toronto loss literally we lost by nine points I believe or eight points and it's because the other team had three more free throws and made two more threes that yeah. was the difference in the game yeah it's really kind of clamping down on that three-point percentage and I think we've seen that these last last two games albeit it's against the Hawks who aren't a great three-point shooting team and against OKC who doesn't have any three-point shooters other than Chris Paul. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll talk about this later as well. That's one of the things that we feel the Lakers have room for improvement. For sure. And it has to be there. I, I know that the Lakers' identity is shifting from trying to shift the league from being three-point happy to more post-game and mid-range. And the mm -hmm. Lakers are doing well at that. But you need to be well-rounded at the same time. I'm not expecting the Lakers to be just killing it from three-point range on a nightly basis, but you need to do a heck of a lot better than what they did against the Kings when I think they shot 29%, like under 30%, and then yeah. the Kings were shooting 41%. Wow. And the Lakers only took um, two less three-point attempts than the Kings. They Ouch. took 37 and the Kings took 39. Ouch. So they were trying their best to keep up with the Kings to to stay on pace with them, but they just got outshot. And thankfully, they were still able to pull out the game, pull out the win. But yeah, like we've mentioned, they need to improve that. And the shots just aren't falling right now. So um, yeah, that, that was the Kings game. Um, then the Lakers played the Hawks the following game, which is the one you went to, MD. And they ended up winning 122-101. You were at the game, so I feel like you need to be the one to fill the listeners in into what took place there, the, the energy, the events, the dunks. I mean, already from the get-go, before the game even started, you see LeBron and Kobe kind of have that handshake. 
and you just feel the greatness <laughs> in the room. It just resonated with everyone there and throughout the stadium. Everyone knew it was going to be an amazing game. LeBron, show, he shook Kobe's hand, hit a three. Yeah. Like, wow. That's everyone. When Kobe's there, you know the Lakers are going to show up. Mm-hmm. Albeit, it wasn't the decimation that the Hawks fade, faced the previous night against oh, the Clippers, that 150-to-one-something yeah. game, yeah. 110, which was ridiculous. Right. I mean, Paul George just had a crazy game, 37 points in 20 minutes, just hitting crazy amount of threes. But a 20-point win against a team like this with AD not having to go hard and LeBron just kind of showing out to show to let Kobe know that the Lakers are in good hands. Yeah. I'll take it. And once again, Danny Green hitting that put back. Jeez. Oh my goodness, I still can't get over that. But Kyle Kuzma also had a nice game and it was fun seeing Rondo score 15 points. Yeah. Rondo definitely showed up for this game. It was definitely a team effort across the board and one of the points that we've talked about previously is we can't have Anthony Davis and LeBron kind of just continue to carry the, the load and for this game you definitely saw it spread across the floor where the role players took on some of the weight and it wasn't just LeBron James and Anthony Davis having their way with the other team it was Kuzma it was KCP it was Rondo Caruso hit a three or two Danny Green KCP it was a great game and we even got to see a little uh J Dud action, you know? Yeah, the Dudley. You know it's a good game when <laughs> J Dud comes out. Yes. I feel like if he steps onto the floor, unless there's some injury or something, if he steps onto the floor, you can feel pretty confident the Lakers are going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, you kind of want him to check in. Exactly. <laughs> he that. was definitely a fan favorite. People cheered for him, you know? Yeah. Good old J Dud. Definitely can hit. He can still hit a three easy, too. He can. He's like been we shooting really about, well. He's been, I think he's the Lakers' best three point shooter. I wouldn't be surprised. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with the the volume he's shooting. But no, okay. I'm looking. All right, I'm looking at his stats right now. Can you double check what his three point percentage is? Because I'm on the NBA, the NBA app, and it says he's shooting a hundred percent from three. No way. Has he not is missed he a three pointer? Uh, <laughs> Please double. If he has not missed one, he needs to play a little <laughs> bit more. No, you're correct. According to BasketballReference.com. He is shooting a 100% oh, from three. The guy hasn't missed a three. <laughs> Best three-point shooter in the league. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. Jared Dudley. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. He needs to play more. Come on, coach. Put him in. Does it say how many attempts he's taken? Uh, I can look right now. I mean, it's probably like three shots or something like that. Three threes. But still, that's that's amazing. He has taken one second. And while you're looking that up, he's also 57% from the field. So (laughs) whatever other shots he's taken, he's making more than half of them. It's making almost 60% of his shots. Sounds like we're campaigning for Jared Dudley to play more, to get some more minutes. Yeah. Come on, Vogel. Come on, Frank. Get the 12-year vet some playing time. That's funny. But yeah, that was a crazy game, dude. I While you're looking that up, I'll just expand on the Danny Green dunk really quick. I was watching that game at home. I didn't have the luxury of being at the Centurion Lounge like you <laughs> fancy people were. But I was at home. I was sitting next to my dad and my friend was on the other couch and we're watching it. And we're just like leaning back, reclining because the Lakers are just killing them. And it's that possession where 
I think it was a missed free throw, if I'm not mistaken. It was a it was a broken play. It was a broken play. Eventually, it was hit up like three or four times. Danny Green actually tapped it a couple times. Both times, yeah. And then it went to LeBron for like a top right corner three, you know? Yeah. The kind of the farthest one. He took the three. Uh-huh. Danny Green was actually waving for LeBron to pass it to him yeah. to take the three. He took the three and Danny decided to cut just in case. Right. That's why, like, coaches scream all the time, right? Yeah. Follow your own rebound or get yeah, the rebound. Crash the boards. Crash the boards, ran, and literally just jumped up yeah. over Dwight Howard, over Alex Len, and dunked it. He timed it perfect. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and I think that's why he was able to get up as high as he was, because he had such a crazy running start. Yeah, he did. And it was one of those perfect plays where I think like I've done this in pickup games before where we're all like charge to the basket just in case he misses and I'll still jump and you know it'll go the opposite way or it'll go in instead but in my head I'm thinking like if that came to me like I feel like I could have dunked in that moment <laughs> the reality is I'm like five inches under the under, under the rim still but I feel like it was that moment for Danny Green. Like, it was definitely that moment. Got to the peak of his jump, and the ball just came straight into his hands. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was crazy. Also, Jared Dudley has shot four three-pointers and made all four. Four for four. Good for him. Yeah, that's, that's a decent amount. I yeah, mean, four, yeah. four three-point shots, you know? I think most people in the league are only making two tops. Yeah. And he's made all four. <laughs> Dang, that's, that is mind-blowing. Wow. Jared Dudley, 100% from three. Um, yeah, so Lakers just flat out killed this game. Um, really, the score should have been much more yeah. lopsided than what it actually was. 122 to 101, a 21-point win was actually kind of disappointing in the sense that they Very just much. were murdering the Hawks in the first yeah. half, the first yeah. quarter especially, mm-hmm. and they let them crawl back, and I think they got it to within 10. Um, but still, it's... a it's an easy win, and and in a win when Trey Young goes off for 31 points and shoots 50% from the field. If you were to, if I were to tell you, MD, that when we come or when the Hawks come to play the Lakers, Trey Young is going to put up 31 points and he's going to shoot 50% on us, I would have, I would suspect that you would expect that it's going to be somewhat of a close game. Yeah, not a 21-point win, definitely. No. Not a night where we got tacos. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but we held them We held them in check. Our defense was crazy on point. I, I almost, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was like the most blocks the Lakers have had. It was in, a ton of blocks. In and some time. All over, yeah. It was a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a really, really good game. I think it was 14. Yeah, 14 blocks. The Lakers yeah. had 14 blocks. AD had five. Danny Green had two, McGee had two, LeBron had one, Cuse had one, Howard had three. Yeah, 14 blocks. I don't know the exact statistic, but it was one of, I want to say it was a record, but you guys will have to look that up. But yeah, good game all around. Jealousy were there, MD. Yeah. And then uh, that third game. So the the latest game the Lakers played, they took Just care last, of... Just two nights ago, last night. Last night, last yeah. Last night, yeah. They just took care of OKC 112-107. OKC was coming off of a, a game the night before against the Clippers, which was also close. Um, but the Lakers took care of business against OKC as well. And um, like I said, I, I never really got the feeling that the game was all that in question. Um, but they handled business. I don't know. Anything stand out to you on that? Um, anytime I got nervous was with our second unit. 
Yeah. Once again, this is probably something we'll talk about. I know we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. But our second unit has just been atrocious. It, it, it's it's throughout these three games why the Kings game was so close because our second unit can't handle the other team's second unit. Why the Hawks game when we were up by like I think it was like 15 to 4 at one time, why they were able to get up to 12 points and catch up. It's the second unit that comes in and doesn't can't really hold defensively or they make silly turnovers. Same thing here, Dennis Schroeder destroyed our second unit for 31 us. points. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder he should not be scoring 31 points, you know? Yeah, shot 12 of 20. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. No wonder, you know? Yeah. So it's really on our defense to kind of, and I'm sure Frank will hopefully make some more adjustments. I'm sure also, and I think this is something we'll mention later, it's because of not having kind of a defensive anchor or at least a defensive anchor on the perimeter for our team mm. where we would normally have Avery Bradley or KCP even guard the best player of that second unit. Yeah. Um, he's on the starting unit now mm-hmm. and kind of seeing him step away from that second unit has really opened up my eyes. Yeah. To see how much we actually need him on the second unit. Yeah. But that's for uh, a little little later. Yeah, we'll get to that later for sure. Um, KCP has has been doing good things, and I, I think that's kind of a good place to uh, conclude the recap here. Is in all three of this, these games, KCP played really, really well. Yeah. Um, really well, and we'll get into more detail on that later. But one last point before. Would you think that this game would be 107-112 with Chris Paul? Let me read you his box score. Yeah. Five rebounds, 10 assists, four points. Ugh. Terrible game. No. And that's my point. I would have thought we would have killed him. Yeah, right? Yeah. We should have easily destroyed them just like we did the Hawks, right? Yeah. But it's that kind of role players of second unit that really needs to step up the game. But like you said, moving on to our first key. So for our first key today, we're kind of introducing a new segment, something called the LA Times. Do a little miscellaneous work. A lot has happened this past week and a lot has just happened today. And we want to talk about it. So first, Pau Gasol. Yep. Getting waved by the Portland Trailblazers, potentially, potentially given a coaching role consideration, but the great Pau. Is this it? Is he done in the NBA? Is he retiring? I think so. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's time. I think it's time. He has had his greatness come and go, and I think it's time to put that body to rest. And both of us will talk about this, and we've had this conversation before. Big men retire early. Their life lifespan is much shorter in the NBA than it is for a guard or for someone that can just, you know, spot up and shoot. For the Steve Novaks, for the Jared Dudleys, yeah, yeah, you know the people that can just spot up. For the Kyle Corvers, mm-hmm. you know, for Pow, those knees, his body—it's getting older. He can't make the moves that he used to. Can't run down the floor, put the ball between his legs and behind his back, then dish it out. You know, another Laker. You know, Showtime. Right, and the way that this report came out, I th- it was worded in a way where. Like the Blazers and him kind of mutually parted ways right. because amicable. I think he wanted to focus on rehabbing his injury. Like right. he had surgery on his left foot to repair a stress fracture. And that surgery took place in March. So the fact that it's still lingering, I think to him, it was kind of like, 
you know, my body's not where I need it to be to continue to play at a high level. He probably could continue to nurse it and get back on the court at some point, but then who's to say he doesn't re-injure it? Who's to say that when he gets any other kind of injury that it <clears throat> that he's able to come back in the timeline that he would want to? So I think with that in mind, he's like, you know what? I'll talk to the organization. Maybe the organization approached him first, but it sounds like it was mutual. Yeah. So that's that's good to hear. It wasn't like a hey, pal, like you're you're no good anymore. Like you're cut. Like get out of here. It right. seems like it was mutual and respectable. Especially for giving him a you know coaching role potentially. There's definitely some kind of respect there, and they see his IQ and his brain is still you know the mind is able but the body isn't willing kind of yeah. thing so are they wanting to give him is it portland that's interested in giving yes, him a coach yes. role? oh nice they're interested in moving him to some kind of coaching role yeah it's exciting yeah i would i mean I, obviously i would love to see him involved in the lakers organization in some capacity Oof, that would be awesome for but him, man. It, it says a lot that even somewhere like portland where i think is this his first year there yeah. Like is he hasn't even played. And they're <laughs> yeah. and they're like, can you please be on our coaching staff? Yeah. Or would you be interested? Like the mm-hmm. fact that that's even out there speaks to how great of a dude he is. And real quick story, I actually met Pau Gasol like a month ago. Crazy. Crazy. Literally was up in the Seattle area and or Portland area. I went to Seattle first and then to Portland. And while I was in Portland, I went with my wife Wendy to the Japanese Rose Gardens which is like a hot tourist spot to go and see so you know we see all these nice like shrubbery and leaves and you know it's I mean it sounds lame but it's actually really nice really beautiful google it if you get the chance because it's really really nice Um, but as we're walking out I kind of I have my head down and I'm like trying to navigate through all the the people and you know Wendy like grabs my arm and she's like hey is, is that a that a basketball player mm-hmm. like that guy's really tall and she does this all the time i'm like just because the guy's tall doesn't mean he's a basketball player he's probably just got some good genetics whatever and she's like no no no. like can you look back i think he's a basketball player and i turn around and i had to do like a double take because i'm like whoa that's pal gasol sure and it's pal gasol like i looked at him for a little while and i end up walking up to him and he's just about to walk through the entrance to the rose gardens which you have to like walk through this like little barrier. Mm-hmm. So what, once he walks through there, like I'm not gonna be able to get a chance to talk to him again. And so I go up to him and I say, hey pal, like, how's it going? Like, I'm a big fan. Do you mind if I take a picture? And he's like, yeah, sure. Just so nice, so gentle. Like when he said yes to me and when he like looked at me, he didn't have the look of like an annoyed celebrity or someone yeah. who was just being bothered. Like he seemed genuinely interested in wanting awesome. to, to make a fan's day. And we took a picture and I look like a midget next to him. That dude is huge. Yeah. Like, and he's he's not like a guy who's like ripped and has just like huge body mass. He's just like ripping through his jersey. When you see him on the court, you're like, yeah, he's tall, but he's not like shredded. Mm. But when I was standing next to him, I'm like, this guy is strong. Like you just like, it's just a different type of human being to be that tall, that wow. big. He's not like a rail. So it was really cool. Like I. I gained so much respect from for him just in that small little interaction just because it affirmed the personality that so many people described about him just being really down to earth really mm-hmm. loving very gentle mm-hmm. respectful and uh yeah i 
in that moment, I wish I could have said more. Like, as I was walking away, I was like, oh, I should have told him, like, oh, I'm from the L.A. area. Like, are you going to come back to the Lakers? Yeah. Or we miss you. Thank you for the championships. Yeah. But in that moment, all I could think to say was, I'm a fan. Can I take a picture? It's like, <laughs> ah, typical. But, yeah, super cool, cool guy. I wish him all the best, and I hope that, you know, if this is the end of his NBA career, that he realizes that he has had a profound impact on the league and yeah. us Laker fans especially. We... We have to attribute two titles to him. Like him and Kobe together are the reasons why we won those titles. You know. Agreed. Definitely, he changed the game when we got him. You definitely have to post that picture on our Instagram of you and Pal, so everyone knows what you're talking about. I will. Size wise, that I will. Is crazy. Mm-hmm. But like you said, and like we're both in agreement, his jersey will get retired. He was an amazing Laker. We'll never forget him, and we wish him well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So whatever's in the future, I know he's going to kill it, and uh, yeah, just love the guy. Great guy. Um, so yeah, something else that happened um, this week, LeBron, his last game got a triple-double, and as a result, LBJ has now had a triple-double against every single NBA team in the league. Including the Lakers. Including the Lakers. Like, <laughs> how mind-blowing is that? He's the first player, I think, to ever do that. Insane. Yeah, he is the first ever. Yeah, that's so. crazy. I'm glad he's doing it while he's in a Laker jersey. Yeah, so true, so true. It's cool to see, and that's that really just comes with the territory of having LeBron on your team, especially at this stage of his career. We're fortunate enough to be able to witness a lot of these milestones that are going to take place because mm-hmm. he's played for such a long amount of time prior to coming here. And he's still, you know, at the <laughs> the prime of his career somehow in year 17. Right. Like, we're, we're able to witness some pretty amazing stuff. I think we just talked about it before starting the pod. He's averaging 11.2 assists. He's leading the league in assists and still has like 7.8 rebounds and averaging 25 points. This is a career high in assists too for him. Yeah. He's averaging. He's never averaged this much. It is crazy. Crazy. So my wife and I, my wife's taught me this thing called revenge body, right? Like when <laughs> someone breaks up with another person, you kind of get revenge body. So you go back to the gym, you start working out, you look good again, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of putting yourself out there. LeBron has revenge body <laughs> of all the people that have talked trash about him. Yeah. Especially that last year when he was injured. Yeah. He is coming out with a vengeance right now. Yeah. Other than Luka Doncic's second most triple doubles in the league right now, leading this Laker team to the best record in the NBA. Oh man, I have not been this excited since Kobe. Hashtag revenge bod. <laughs> I would love to have revenge bod, but I don't have anyone to have get revenge on. Like maybe I should get revenge on myself. Yeah, there you go. It's Your like, old self. Like I've made my old self. Wait, no, I've made my current self mad. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow I've made myself mad and I need to get revenge on myself. And I'm going to get a great bod. Yes. Somehow. One day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> I'm going to get myself one day. <laughs> uh, very cool. But in other news, we've also, you and I just saw this article, Yahoo Sports article saying that Laker fans are the best fans in the NBA. <laughs> A study from Emory University proved that Laker fans are the best fans. Wow. 
I'm flattered. Yeah, we are. Glad to be in that group. Dang straight. <laughs> Dang straight. About time people recognize yeah, about time. who the best fan base in the NBA is. Laker fans. Yeah. For and all the crap everyone says, Laker fans are crazy. Laker fans think Kobe's the best. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're right. We are crazy because we're the best fans in the NBA. <laughs> and you all are just haters. Uh, I would hate us too if we... If you were just a lame fan and didn't have the best fan base in the NBA and weren't diehard. And I think part of that research had to do with like loyalty or something like that. It did. All you have to do is just go back a couple of years and just experience the fact that so many of the Lakers fans that are presently with the team, rooting on the team, were also fans during that, what was it, seven-year stretch of just hell, where we had Robert Sacre just lying flat on his back on the bench. Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen. Or, sorry, Chris Kamen, the Kamen Islands. And, <laughs> oh, like, we went through some terrible, terrible seasons. Oh, and yet, man. you and I and so many other Laker fans remained loyal. Now, yeah. we definitely weren't as loud, weren't as boisterous on social media or anything like that during those times. We were definitely mourning. We were very humbled during that time. But we stuck with them. We didn't bandwagon over to the Warriors. Definitely not. Still Um, Laker fans. Still Still Laker fans. Still purple and gold, you know? Always will. Yeah. I mean, I... What's crazy is I had people in my life who hadn't followed basketball until the Warriors were good. And... They didn't. They weren't like bandwagon fans or anything like that. But that just happened to be the same timeline that they started to pay attention to the NBA. That were le- legitimately asking you, like, "Oh, when was the last time the Lakers won a championship? Or are the have the wow. Lakers have the Lakers ever wow. won a championship? Wow! Like not not just to troll. Like legitimately, we're wondering. And my heart hurt so much <laughs> to hear that because, like, in that moment, you're just thinking, like, like you want to tell them the history. You want to tell them about. How it wasn't even that long ago that they went back to back. Right. The history with the Showtime and the Shaq and Kobe dominance and then Kobe's 81. Like so much history. And we've stayed loyal through it all. And I, I 100% back this school that the Lakers are have the best fan base, the most loyal, the most enthusiastic. So it's nice to be a part of that. And, you know, through the thick or thin, we're here for them. And it just so happens that we are in the thick right now <laughs> in a good season. I need to show this article to my wife. She is one of those bandwagoner fans that became a Warriors fan. And now her friends are becoming Clipper fans because oh. the Clippers are good. No. Oh my goodness. We need to uh, convert them. Yeah, we need to baptize them. Yeah, bless them. <laughs> bless bless them. them. Sprinkle them with the holy water. But in other news too, New City Edition jersey. Mm. What do you think? Yay, nay, you like it? Everyone's saying like the shout out to like the old 2000s when we had that three-peat jerseys, like the Shaq. I like them. Yeah, I like them too. I I have a little bit of some reservation about them, but yeah, like you mentioned, they do have a lot of similarity to what the Lakers currently wear. Like if you look Mm -hmm. at their gold jersey, it has a lot of similarity to that. And I like the font of the actual Lakers um, text that's written across the jersey on the chest. It's a little more old school. Um, so I think it's a little bit more like late 90s, early 2000s right. type of look. 
And the reason for that is I think Shaq was the one that either designed or he was the one that inspired this jersey. I forget which way it was. He helped design, you're right. He helped design it. And which makes sense, like he's giving a nod to when he played, kind of what the jerseys were like. And then on the side of the jerseys, um, they have, there's like multiple stars. And I think in each star is the number of a retired and a retired Lakers jersey. So like Kobe's number 24, Kobe's number eight, Shaq's 34. I think there's even a Chick Hearn microphone in, awesome. in one of the stars. So just paying homage to all the Laker greats. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, it's interestingly been getting a lot of backlash, like a lot of like um, a lot of hate. So from what I've seen initially, like on Reddit, um, Instagram, etc., Twitter, people are just saying like, yeah, they're just whatever. Like it's not even that great, and they don't like them. I personally do like them because I think they're different, and I like the stars on the side. If it didn't have the stars on the side, I'd be like, yeah, it's just like. Looks like they're just kind of normal jersey, remixing right? the normal gold jersey. Yeah, but I think it's cool that they, you know, pay respect to the Laker greats on the side there. But I don't know. I'm I'm also at the same time not thinking to myself, oh, I want to rush out and buy this jersey. Um, but I do like it, so right, we'll see. I think we're in agreement. It's cool, not worth buying. Yeah, for sure. We like the shout out to like the greats. Which is cool. It's the first time I've seen that on Jersey, but other than that, meh. Yeah, if you get a chance, look it up. Uh, we posted a picture of it on our IG at Three in the Key Pod. You can take a look at it there, and then you can also just do a Google search for it if you want to see the side of it and whatnot. But there's a lot of similarity to what the Lakers are currently wearing. But yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's about it. For just wrapping up kind of the the notable news that took place this past week. Um, let's go ahead and transition into our second key now and talk about KCP. We have someone we need to apologize to. We do. Contavious Caldwell Pope, the accounting firm. We're calling him that because it's such a long name. Oh, I was like, where are you yeah. going with that? Do you remember the, uh, the law firm in the NFL? No. You remember? The guy's nickname was the law firm. He was a running back for the Bengals. Totally because he had like a long name it was like three different names <laughs> in one name so Contavious, i'm going because you know it's not as long it's not four names yeah. it's only three i'm going to the accounting firm we apologize to you we do we owe you a great big kiss on the cheek yes with an apology a sincerely written note i'm trying to think of how i apologize to my wife yeah usually kiss on the cheek big fat kiss on the cheek Nice little note. Maybe some flowers. We'll send some flowers. <laughs> yeah. We'll, dude, we should send some flowers to KCP. We should. Um, They're expensive, though. Some roses. White roses, you know, saying we're sorry, or yellow roses. Yellow roses are friendship. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Some chocolates. Yeah. Just some goodies to him. Maybe yeah. a big bear that says hug me. Just as sure. a big apology for saying, for doubting him. Yeah. He's played really, really well the past few games. He deserves to get revenge bod. He is having revenge bot on us right now. He is. The way he's playing. He is. Last three games. Let me shoot these three real quick. Yeah, please. <laughs> 14 points per averaging 14 points per game. Shooting 62.3% field goal percentage. What? 60%. Wow. 
54.5% three-point percentage. Wow. What the heck? Averaging 2.6 rebounds and one assist. Okay. Well, last two were kind of boring, but <laughs> those first three, holy moly, all dude. while All while guarding the other team's best player. That's true. Starting. I did notice that. I did he notice that there was a lot of the times. other team's best player. So he was guarding the Buddy Heels. He was guarding the Trey Young, which yeah. is probably why Trey Young had 31 points. Yeah. He was <laughs> He's guarding Chris Paul. Yeah. And he still was able to pull, you know, these numbers out. Good right. for him. Yeah, no kidding, man. He's played his butt off. And props to him. And he deserves all the credit in the world for what he's been able to do pushing through all the hate, all the crap that we've given him and right. the Lakers community at large has given him. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of resilience to push past negativity, let alone public negativity you where know what everyone say, knows. I'm going to say you're welcome, KCP. KCP has did been, we help him? Yeah, we did. We did. This is why he's playing so well now. Because hmm. us as a Lakers community have given him so much crap. It's yeah. kind of like when you're playing in the game, right? Yeah. When someone starts talking trash to you, it's oh, the yeah. old Mamba mentality, yeah. right? Yeah. When someone starts talking trash to you, you go harder and you play better. Mm -hmm. So you know what? We're not apologizing to KCP. Yeah. You're welcome, KCP. I'm expecting my <laughs> thank you note from you to this podcast later. We and to all of Laker fans. <laughs> all right. We are going to get revenge bod. Yeah, we are going to get revenge bod <laughs> on you. Yeah. So you're welcome, <laughs> KCP. I will say, the Lakers coaching staff deserves some credit for... So the Lakers coaching staff deserves revenge bod? Every Frank Vogel needs some revenge bod. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> but the Lakers coaching staff deserves credit for yeah. staying by KCP's side. And specifically in the Kings game, that stood out to me because I think the Kings game was one of the first games that he really started to bounce back. Damn. Maybe maybe the game before that as well, but the Kings game stood out to me the most because he had like a couple of clutch threes at the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. But I think it was in the first quarter, KCP airballed another layup. If I'm not mistaken, in this was that game. the one he airballed or the one he got stuck in the rim? No, 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 he airballed it. Yeah. It, I don't, worse. I don't think it was stuck in the rim on this one. But he airballed another layup and, and early in the first quarter. And I want to say he missed like a three-point shot. He came out of the game. So like they rotated him out with like four minutes into the first. And then rather than kind of just riding with someone else the rest of the game, realizing like, oh, this might be one of those classic KCP games where he just falls into a rut. They ended up playing him a lot of a lot of minutes that game yeah. and he bounced back like Vogel put him in opportunities with lineups where maybe other coaches would have shied away from like saying all right this is kind of enough I've seen enough of KCP the past several games and he seems like he's doing it again they stuck with him and he ended up coming up huge in that Kings game and then yeah. they got they got momentum also something I noticed in that game credit to the coaching staff I don't know who gets to choose who shoots a technical foul but when KCP still had zero points in the first half and the Lakers were going to shoot a technical free throw he was the one that stepped up to the free throw line he is our technical free throw shooter even in this OKC game he had one too okay. CP3 got a yeah. technical foul and I think um, that he's a good free throw shooter he is but 
I think it still, it speaks some sort of volume and there's, there's a narrative in there that they're willing to still trust KCP's shooting ability even when he's going through a difficult stretch like he did right. the past several games. I think the biggest thing, and it's not necessarily in KCP's play while Laker fans are upset, upset it's at the money, the amount of money yeah. he's taken up from us, you know? Yeah. 21 million here, 20 million there, when it could have been invested into kind of younger players to allow them grow, to grow these past three years that and maybe sense. kept them. Like yeah. an Alex Caruso, you know? Yeah. Maybe we could have had 12 different players that are kind of coming up right now. And you always hear about players that are coming up from the G League, like this, like the Nun guy. Yeah. You know, what if the Lakers invested in him? I would rather have none all day other than KCP, you know? Yeah. So I think that's where kind of the anger comes from. Mm -hmm. But Clutch Sports keeps him in his place. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's been doing well. He's been playing well. And as long as he keeps it going, let's do it, you know? I'm excited for him to ride along with us towards a championship. Yeah. I'm curious how this is going to play out when Avery Bradley comes in. And True. he gets a starting spot. Good point. Um, but like we talked about earlier, I'm definitely seeing more of kind of KCP being that stabilizer actually on that second unit. Him, Caruso, and Rondo on that second unit will be exciting. I'm excited to see that second unit kind of more of a run-gun unit. Uh, can play somewhat of better defense now. Mm -hmm. And to kind of see the ball move. Yeah. And hit some three-point shots. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. That's definitely, I feel like, Something the second unit has a strength more than the first unit. I mean, other than Danny Green, I don't feel like the first unit has any three-point shooters. But the second unit, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. So, good job, KCP. You're welcome. Expecting our <laughs> thank you note later. You ready to move on? Let's do it. So, our last key for today is... Room for improvement. The Lakers still have some room for improvement. We have two losses, but there are still some things that you and I are both seeing where we're kind of like, ah. Yeah. Especially with this upcoming kind of December, which you just pointed out to me. Yeah. We have some tough challenges coming up. Mm -hmm. We have, I think, out of the 12 to 15 games we're playing, I think two-thirds of them are against playoff caliber teams that have been in the playoffs not just once but multiple years now right. for the last two three years and they consistently make it so it'll be a nice kind of test to see and especially now that kind of teams have kind of settled in now uh, they understand you know the playmaking and they understand the schemes that coaches are coming up with and mm -hmm. how to implement them and how to make adjustments at halftime. Everything's kind of ebbing and flowing at a much better rate now. So now we're really going to see the league and these playoff teams shine. So with these upcoming tests, we definitely want to see the Lakers improve and get better. And I think one of the big things you and I talked about was the Lakers are second worst in the league when it comes to fast break points. They yeah. allow 17 points per game. I think every game they've lost, they've had the other team, both the Clippers and Toronto, had a ridiculous amount of fast break points. Yeah. But that kind of comes with our area. It's kind of it's kind of nervous. Like we have such a big team, and that's one of our strengths, our length, right? Mm -hmm. But that also means playing a lot bigger and a lot slower bodies. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think? How do the Lakers com combat that? What do we do? Yeah, that's that's a hard one to write in the short term, right? Um, 
just because I think a lot of it depends on the personnel like you alluded to that that's on the court at a given moment mm -hmm. and the Lakers have been so heavy with making sure that the front court is defended right so you have JaVale Dwight LeBron AD AD doing a great job in the front court but then that leaves us vulnerable in the back court so when players of the opposing team are getting out into transition like a Trey Young um, or even like Chris Paul in the last game. I know he didn't have a good game, but um, those guards can can just run on us. Yeah. And I mean, KCP has done a better job on defense of late. Um, I don't think he's as bad as his reputation is Perceived. saying that he is right now. Yeah. He's definitely improving, um, but. Especially when Bradley's out, we're gonna feel it a lot. Yeah, because he Bradley is a guy who brings defensive intensity from one baseline to the other. Like he does not, he doesn't quit, and right. he, because of his size, he's still gonna get scored on a lot just because players can shoot over him. But he's not gonna take plays off, and he's gonna do his best to make sure to counter those fast break points. But if you think of like. Danny Green. Danny Green's usually like our two. When it comes to like a fast break, if you have like, think of someone like a James Harden, who's also playing the two, right? Right. If he's running the break and you have Danny Green trying to get in front of him or trying to, you know, catch up from behind, he's not the type of... Danny Green's a great player when he's already in front of you, but if he's been beat, it's kind of hard for him to... His recovery. His recovery, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I, that's why I feel like a lot of this is dependent on personnel. So it definitely needs to be addressed. I think it, I don't know, I think it comes with just anticipating misses is a big one rather than, rather than immediately hunting for the rebound between three guys, maybe start to communicate better with, okay, I have the rebound, I'm going to call it. And once that's called out, the other two bigs need to start sprinting down the floor already. Right. And and get in position, but um, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to identify like just one thing what they can do to, to fix it right away. But it's it's a glaring it's a glaring um, characteristic that they need to improve if they're gonna get through the month of December and have the kind of success that they've had so far for sure. Right. I think it's kind of scary because you and I both see this as a major kryptonite for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. And if we're seeing this just on these stats that we're looking up on NBA.com and basketball re reference, I'm sure scouts and everyone else on other teams are seeing this. So, you know, they're going to prepare for the Lakers that way. They're going to try to beat the Lakers by playing at pace, at a faster. I can only imagine how the Lakers might fare against a full stacked warriors from last year when they were running my goodness we might have been destroyed completely yeah with the pace they play at right so i'm curious and especially when we come against some of these younger teams or these teams that you know adapt well or are very guard heavy like houston rockets where they have two of the best guards portland i think we play for the next in the next month in december two three times mm -hmm. with cj mccollum and damian lillard and they can run, you know, run and gun. These run and gun teams kind of see how our defense adapts to that. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping Avery Bradley will be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully. But I also definitely feel like your point 
um, our second unit is where a lot of those fast break points mm. come from. Yeah. Where it's kind of like we are so... One point is we're so compacted in the paint, like so many of our points come from the paint where a lot of people are trying to get offensive rebounds or you're in the paint. So we have two guards that just literally get out already. Yeah. And then two, it's kind of who on that second unit do you have as like a defensive anchor? We always talked about Rondo, who's going to have issues. We love him offensively, but he's not the best on defense. He can kind of just stay in front of his guy and that's it. Dwight's kind of centering it, but Dwight's kind of slower now. He's not as athletic as he used to be. We have Caruso, but then Troy Daniels? No. No. Quinn Cook? No. No. Like, who is it? Yeah. Who do we have there that's kind of... That's why I'm definitely excited, like our previous point, when Avery Bradley comes in, whether he moves to the second unit, since they like KCP starting, or KCP kind of moves back, some kind of decent defensive perimeter threat to kind right. of get back there and at least make those fast break points more difficult mm-hmm. and not as easy yeah and that's that's what makes someone like an andre iguodala so enticing and oh why goodness, he's yes such a huge priority at the top of our wish list if it can happen because mm-hmm. he's a long wing who provides is he even playing in memphis i don't, I don't think, think so no yeah, yeah so I think Memphis really wants to be able to trade him and get some value back for him, get I'm assets sure. rather than just buy him out and get nothing for him, which makes sense. You know, that's the right business move. Um, but I think it's only a matter of time before he does get bought out. I think there's some difficulty in needing to move his contract because there's no guarantee that, you know, he's going to sign, resign with your team or. Right. You know, you'd have to be like a legitimate contender. This is his, yeah, with contract to trade. Year, right? This is contract year. I think so. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. It is, um, but I think it's a matter of time before he gets bought out. But anyway, so my point, like that's what makes him so enticing for the Lakers because he's just an additional player on defense that can provide pressure on the perimeter. He's long. He's experienced. He can guard the opposing team's best player um, if you need him to. We've seen him D up LeBron. We've seen him D up other players um, who are frankly much better than him offensively. But on defense, he just brings it. He just has that body type. He's solid and has the energy. He has the LeBron body type. That's perfect for defense. Yeah. But still the quickness. It can move quick enough to kind of keep guys in front of him. And also still body up bigs. It's We saw it, I mean, last year in the finals. Kawhi even had a tough time scoring on Andre on Iggy. Iggy yeah. is amazing. So, fingers crossed. I don't know. Maybe we can move some things around to kind of pick them up, but we'll see. Yeah. Another area where there's certainly room for improvement is our three-point shooting. Yeah. I think I think that's the one that stands out the most when you're just if you're just casually watching the game and you're not looking at stats because the fast break points they're very glaring, but Usually over the course to, of a game. Over the course of a game. Yeah. Kind of have to dive. Like they do it two, two, three times per quarter. So you're not like, you don't notice it until the fourth quarter where you're like, wow, where'd they get this lead? Or wow, yeah. how'd they catch up? When yeah, they throw yeah, up yeah. like the infographic right, on, right, on right, the right, broadcast. Right, right, right. But the three-point shooting, that stands out so much. Like, Especially with the bricking. emphasis on three-point shooting in today's league. Yes. It's crazy how We've built so many houses every game. So I don't many. know how many houses. <laughs> we like Habitat for Humanity, number one, the Lakers. We've built so many houses. Donated so many bricks to their cause. Yes. So true. So true. And 
what's interesting too is the Lakers did a good job. The organization did a good job addressing the need for shooting in the offseason with making sure that Caruso was back. I think he was a 45% three-point shooter last season. Right. Danny Green, he had like a career high in in three-point shooting percentage last year. shooting like 50%, a little below 50%? Yeah. Yeah. Troy Daniels. um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. But like the Lakers have weapons who can shoot the ball. It just hasn't been falling. And I don't know if that's just attributed to shooters being in a slump or if it's the offensive scheme. Maybe there needs to be a little bit more game planning for getting these open shots and putting the players in positions to make them. I don't know what it is. I I mean, you'd really have to break down the film to see that. But the fact of the matter is right now, they need, they legitimately need to improve their three-point percentage if they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs because other opponents can keep up with the Lakers scoring if they get hot from three. And if the Lakers are cold, they're not going to be able to counter it as effectively. The perfect example for what your point is, is that Kings game. Mm-hmm. We should have not beat the Kings by two points. Yeah. Like, they're four and six. We should have easily defeated them. And they didn't have De'Aaron Fox. Right. And they didn't have De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. their best player. Yeah. Was Mar- Marvin Bagley even playing? No. Yeah. So, like, their two best players, essentially. Yeah, we're gone. And we barely beat them by two points. Yeah. Because they hit that three at, like, what was that, 41, 42%? Yeah. And we were at 29? Yeah. Wow. That is a scary thought. Yeah. We definitely need to improve our three-point shooting. I think... Like you said, it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but I feel like it's a combination of kind of Kuzma coming back in that second unit. I know Kuzma for the first like three games he came back, he was shooting at like 12 and a half percent and he was taking like mm-hmm. five to seven threes a game. Yeah. And he was hitting like one or two. Terrible. But he's kind of picked it up. He's gotten 50%. Caruso still hasn't hit his slide. Danny Green was in a slump. We talked about this too, I think in a previous podcast. Where he was kind of like, where is Danny Green? Yeah. He starts, but he hasn't hit any threes. He's yeah. kind of been bricking a lot. Right. Um, I think one of the most consistent three-point shooters we've seen actually on the Lakers has been LeBron. Yeah. LeBron hitting that kind of like step back three that he loves. Mm-hmm. From kind of like the side, not maybe the top, but that little left, that left side arc, you know? Mm-hmm. A little face up, then step <laughs> back and a little fade. He loves that it. shot. And he makes it. And mm-hmm. he's probably been one of our better three-point shooters. And then when he's on AD too, AD mm-hmm. has been a decent three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. It's, again, f- falling on our two best players, but it shouldn't be. Right. Like the whole reason why we got the Quinn Cooks, the Danny mm-hmm. Greens, we kept Alex Caruso, the yeah. Troy Daniels. Was for their shooting. Right. The whole reason why we signed Jared Dudley, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe give Jay Dead more minutes here. <laughs> He's 100% from three points. <laughs> yeah. But we've definitely seen it increase. I think previously in the beginning of the year, Lakers were one of the bottom five. Now they're number 18 overall, mm-hmm. three point shooting. Hoping to see this improve, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. True, true. I mean, Kuz can barely see out of one eye now. I know. His percentage might drop from 50% back down again. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, what's Is there anything else that stands out to you what the Lakers can hopefully address before or even during this upcoming dif- 
difficult month of December? My last thing probably would be the turnovers. Like LeBron had seven last night, like the second unit. They're just silly turnovers. I know we're still pretty high. I think we average 15.4 turnovers a game. But when compared to the Celtics, who are right on our butts, mm-hmm. being second place in the NBA, yeah. they averaged 12.4. That's three less turnovers, three less bad passes, three less possessions the other team has. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the games we've lost by have been close games. Or we've barely won by have been close games. Right. So it's kind of limiting those possessions and taking care of the ball better. Mm-hmm. If we can take care of the ball, make smarter passes, not telegraph our passes... Um, I think that'll go a long way to eliminating those fast break points. Yeah, good and point. eliminating those open three points mm-hmm. that the other team has, and why they shoot such a better three point percentage mm-hmm. than we do. True, true. Yeah, sounds good to me. I I do hope that the Lakers don't grow complacent with the success they've had early. Yeah, because, agreed. And and don't get me wrong, it's extremely impressive and I'm very very happy with our record and where we currently stand which is first in the league overall it's incredible but our aspirations go much further than regular season success and in order for that to happen you don't you're not satisfied with having the best record in the league you're satisfied with being the best overall team come playoff time mm-hmm. so that you can be the last team standing once the playoffs are done. Agreed. And there's room for, for improvement, which is why we mention it. And um, if it gets addressed, I think, you know, there's no reason why the Lakers can't be the top, I don't know, the, the favorite to win it all. Yeah. We and, should be the favorite. Yeah. The way we're playing defense. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I, I'm pleased with coach frank and i think he'll he'll make the necessary adjustments so good job frank yeah good job frank we love you man great great griller great lawn (laughs) great home (laughs) uh what do you say we close it up let's do it all right so in closing let's kind of do a little bit of foreshadowing for what lies ahead for the lake show we're going on the road (laughs) it is a time to pack our bags because most of the lakers upcoming games are going to be on the road we have upcoming okc which is kind of interesting we've just played that at home but yeah weird back kind of like back to back yeah on tuesday then we practice wednesday then we fly to okc on friday i've never seen that before in a schedule it's weird it's really weird it's like a mini playoff series in a sense right right so we'll open up the road trip uh at okc and then we're going to memphis gonna play the grizzlies and then closing or not closing the road trip but the third game of the four-game road trip is against San Antonio Spurs. And then they wrap things up uh, in New Orleans. But for these upcoming three games, since those are likely going to be the three games that are played before we record our next podcast, what are your predictions for those? Do you think we win all three of those against the Thunder, Grizzlies, and Spurs? Or are we going to lose a game? I honestly think we go... I think we go two and one. Ooh, who do you think we're dropping to? To me, it's between the Thunder or the Spurs. 
Really? Because Popovich is just an amazing coach. You know, I definitely believe that team can still get up for one game. And, and if it's going to be any game, it's going to be against the Lakers. Pop is a great coach, <clears throat> but you know he loathes the Lakers. He hates the Lakers. Great Which word. is great. Friendly rivalry, you know. Mm-hmm. But then also the Thunder, because they saw just saw us, like you said, the playoff game kind of mentality. They can make adjustments and like we worried about maybe they go fast break and just run the fast break and they run old CP3 when he was in New Orleans <laughs> just running the break. Yeah. They have the young talent to do it with SGA, with Danilo, who had like 25 points. Right. They have that and is a great three-point shooter right mm-hmm. now. They have that run and gun mentality. New Orleans Noel, Steven Adams, all these players that are made for running and that we saw with their run and gun mentality with Russell Westbrook before he got traded. Right. And that's the Lakers' greatest weakness, like what we just talked about, fast break points. Right. So we'll see if Coach Billy Donovan makes adjustments to have them do that. But that is my biggest worry, Thunder and Spurs. We'll okay. See. What about you? Oh, so if I'm looking at those three games, Thunder, Grizzly, Spurs, the one I'm concerned about is... You think they go 2-1 and one as well? 3-0. and 3-0. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I think the closest one is going to be against the Thunder. and You feeling the same thing as me? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. The main reason for... uh, So I have two main reasons for OKC giving me the most concern of those three. The first one being it's the second game back-to-back when the Lakers are playing them. So there's going to be adjustments made by the OKC coaching staff. Right. There's also going to be um, coaching changes made on our end as well, so that helps us out too. But more than that, I'm not expecting CP3 to have as subpar of a game as he had in that first game. Right. What did he have, four points? Yeah, five, ten, and four. Five rebounds, ten assists, and four points. Right. There's no way he's having another game like that. No, definitely not. So I think that they're going to get up for that game. It's at home. They just got... They had were handed two back-to-back losses in LA, so they're they're really wanting a win, right? And so I think they play really scrappy. They play play up to this game, but I ultimately do think that they win all three. But that Thunder game is the one that's going to concern me the most. So we'll see what happens. I do think we should probably entertain the idea of keeping tally of our predictions. I don't know what your thought is on that, but let's do it because I, I think we've made predictions the past couple of episodes now. It'd we be should do cool like to have an a running tally. tally. Yeah, I think we're three and zero from last tally. I think I predicted that we we go three and zero against that Raptors that week previous. That's right. And then you picked two and one. Oh no, we both picked two and one. I think we chose different games that different we games. lose to. Right. Right. Okay. We'll tally it up. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll have a running tally. We'll post it. So the official prediction for this week, though, is is you, you're predicting that the Lakers go 2-1 and one, losing to the Spurs? Losing to the Thunder. Oh, the Thunder. Okay. And I'm saying we go 3-0 with the closest game being the Thunder. But for the sake of the prediction, 3-0. Let's do it. All right. We'll tally that up. You're ready to finish up with some point four? Yes, sir. Point four segment. We've got a good one, shorter one today, All right. but a really good one. We've put some thought into these. So you ready? I am. 
Let's start off strong, off the bat. Number eight, Kobe, or number 24, Kobe? Ooh, both retired numbers. Right. So both, I think there have been breakdowns that the statistics for Kobe and both of those jerseys are almost identical. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it so is. this literally is, which one do you like more? Yeah. Three, two, one. Eight. Yeah! Yeah, yeah. Dude, you can't beat the fro. I love no. the mini fro. His space shoes from when he was with Adidas. Yeah. Like, that's when I fell in love with Kobe. And he had that... Was he still number eight when he scored 81? He was, wasn't he? Or was that 24? It was number eight. It was number eight? Yeah. It was just that, like, Kobe mentality of I'm the best, you know? Shooting those threes, that kind of chip on his shoulder to always out to prove to someone, you know? Yeah. When he changed to 24, it was kind of him signifying, I know I'm the best. I'm one better than Jordan, or I'm the second coming of Jordan, you know? Right. All of that. So I definitely feel the number eight. Me too. And there's like a nostalgia factor for that in that right. decision for me too. Kobe was wearing number eight when I first fell in love with the Lakers growing Same. up. And so it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. And that's why the gold number eight Kobe jersey is the only Lakers jersey that I own. I had a decision to make, because I knew it was going to be a Kobe jersey, right. but I had a decision to make whether it was going to be the number eight or the number 24. And I didn't even hesitate. I knew 100% I wanted it to be the number eight. That's so. awesome. Well, I have 24, so Ooh. one day we should wear the eight and 24 we or the, when we go to a Lakers game. Definitely. In the Centurion Lounge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Little shout out to uh, retired, hopefully, and put into the rafters, Pow mm. or AD. Three, who, between the two, who would you pick? Three, two, one, Pow. AD. Really? Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Pow, then you switched I, to... I did, I, yeah. I like started to I, make... You've met the guy, dude. You haven't met AD. Oh, you? you're right, what am I doing? But I have to stay true to it. This is my point for reaction, so. Um, here's my reasoning. AD, in my opinion, is just a better player. Just all around. Just the way he's able to dominate, the way he's able to defend, the way he's able to hit fallaways, threes, mm -hmm. drive it in the lane when he's not injured. The guy is just on another level. And I think he's just in a completely different tier than Pau is when it comes to the game of basketball. If we were talking about which of these two men I loved more on an emotional level, it would be Pow. <laughs> Who would I want to snuggle with more? It would be, be Pow. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're just talking basketball, I'll take AD. And I'm sorry, Pow, if you're listening to this. I know that I put my arm around you and touched your back <laughs> while I took a picture and you were so nice to me, but I still choose AD. Right, I still loves you, Pow. <laughs> I don't know, to me, like, have you seen those highlights of Memphis, pal? That's true, he's a beast. Dude, he dunked on KG, and he's dunked on yeah. Tim Duncan. Like, he straight up destroyed these guys. And the game was different back then, you know? He was definitely all low post. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like if Pau played in today's game, he'd be, he'd be Porzingis. He'd be able to hit those threes. He'd have those blocks, you know? Same kind of body style. He was amazing back then. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, I don't know, in my mind, I just have like this split 
imagery of Powell's career. Like the the yeah. man he was in Memphis, like he was just different. It's so to me. different because he was the guy in Memphis compared yeah, to when he was with Kobe. But we'll see. We'll we've. We'll see how far the Lakers go this year, and hopefully it's a championship, but we've never had such an impactful player come with us at trade deadline. Oh, man, yeah. Literally, the Lakers were, I don't know if they were the best in the league. I think they were still, like, playoff bound. Mm-hmm. But then they slingshotted to become the best in the West that year when we traded for Pau. Right. And we almost beat the Celtics. Right. Imagine if, we talked about this before, if the Lakers had, like, a full season with Pau, we might have had another 3 P. Right. I don't know if AD can bring you a three-peat. No. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, Powell was the perfect complement to, to Kobe. Kobe. Oh, my goodness. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. And I, I think we're kind of seeing history repeat itself in, in the way LeBron that and LeBron AD. and AD are just a perfect fit for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's up, it can be up for debate about who you would choose straight up between AD and Powell, but... As far as just complimenting players, like yeah. LeBron and AD is what Kobe and Powell were to each other. They just fit so perfectly. They mesh so well with each other mm-hmm. that only only success can come their way when they're, when they're on the same team. So, Agreed. Good one. All right. With it being white chocolate, Jason White Chocolate Williams' birthday the other day. Mr. Elbow um, Pass. Oh, I love that pass. Yeah. It gives me tingles every time I see it. <laughs> Um, Jason Williams or assistant Lakers coach Jason Kidd of those two in their prime who would you take three two one Kid. Jason Kidd yeah yeah, still Kidd for sure he led a team to the finals yeah and he changed the game like no one I mean Jason Williams all flash great but Kidd Adapted his game with the Mavericks to not just become a better passer, but become a shooter now. Decent defender. It's it's great, you know. He's definitely developed over time and knew he needed to change. Yeah, he's he was a great all-around player. Yeah. And you know, Jason Williams was a great player too, but Jason Kidd was just some other level. Just yeah. The te- the floor general that he was. Right. You know, he brought teams to another level mm-hmm. with, even though they had personnel that should have no business in making deep playoff runs Harry Kittles <laughs> really yep yeah yep. I mean Kenyon Martin was great on that yeah. Nets team but mm-hmm. Harry Kittles really I know exactly um, so. and re- even Kobe respected him so much you remember when Kobe demanded that Jason Kidd come to the Lakers when he had like was a free agent for that time did he I don't remember a while that. back wow. like, he wanted to play with Jason Kidd yeah. that's how much respect he had wow yeah I love it I'll never forget to the commercial. I think finals commercial. Do you remember this? He like kisses the rim before he shoots oh, a free throw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was iconic. I, I will do. never forget I that. I remember that. And everyone copied that for like years. We just before free throws, kiss right. and then shoot their free throw. Right. Wasn't that like a like him paying respect to his wife or something like that? I forget the story behind it. We yeah. Look it up. I think it was, but yeah, that was iconic that for was sure. Because so cool. who who blows a kiss before they shoot a free yeah. throw? Yeah. J-Kid. All right. And last but not least, with all these Star Wars trailers coming, Disney Plus, The Mandalorian Ooh. coming out. Haven't seen it yet. Me neither. Whatever you guys think, please let us know because I'm like on the fence whether they get it or not. Star Wars or Star Trek? Three, two, one. Star, Star Wars. Trek. Wow. Yeah. You're a Star Trek guy? Um... 
I was originally a Star Wars guy, but these last few movies have just turned me off to Star Wars. Really? This last series, excuse me, has turned me off to Star Wars. The Rogue One was good, but like the uh, the one about Han Solo was just bleh. I didn't like that. Yeah. I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet, but it's just like, to me, it's Disney just pumping out movies now instead of quality. And these last Star Trek movies with Chris Pine, Zoe Saldana, um, they actually have an Asian guy in the cast, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really been, they've been good movies, like so entertaining, you know, and I definitely, to me, I'm definitely a quality guy over quantity right now. Mm. This last two Star, last two or three Star Trek movies have been great. They've been really good. I gotcha. I gotcha. I am more of a quantity guy over mm. quality. I think it's why I love Taco Bell so much because <laughs> I love how much I can get and I really don't care that it's <laughs> probably going to take years off of my life. <laughs> But the real reason why I choose Star Wars over Star Trek, this may be shocking to some. I have never seen a single episode of Star Trek. Not a one. Not a single movie. Really? You haven't seen a movie either? No. no. Oh my goodness, dude. I have close to zero idea what it's about. We should watch the Star Trek movies and then we should have this... You know, we're going to run this point for <laughs> this question back after you watch some Star Trek movies. And we'll see. That's fair. Yeah. The newer Star Trek movies. So, Either way, these are both iconic franchises that do in space. You cannot, like, star, star what? Star Trek, Star Wars? Like, that's the only thing people talk about. It's it's great what it did for, like, a generation, you know, our parents' generation, and thinking about yeah. the future, putting people into space, exploration. They've been great franchises. But, yeah, we'll definitely get to watch Star Yeah, Wars. I need to check it out, because right now I'm Because I know you're not even the biggest Star Wars guy either. I'm not. Like, the I'm last not. movies you didn't think were like, oh, my goodness. Nah. Especially compared to, like, what Disney has done with Avengers and these other movies no. that have been coming out yeah. that have been so great. Right. You expect something from such an iconic franchise as well with Star Wars mm-hmm. that I've just kind of like under-delivered on a major point. I still do get excited when the Star Wars movies come out mm-hmm. because they tend to come out around Christmas. Right. And my family is kind of like a tradition now. We go to the movie theaters on Christmas morning mm-hmm. and when Star Wars is out, I think we all get a little bit more excited than usual just because yeah. we're not picking from like a subpar list of movies right. that are out. Or some t- Typical holiday movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, the new Star Wars is out. It just kind of yeah. has like a ring and a lore to it. So, yeah. oh, we'll see. I, I never walk out and I'm like, oh my gosh, that movie was bananas. Like, I, I gotta yeah. rent that right now or whatever. Yeah. But I'm always entertained. So, yeah, uh, Star Wars for now. I think a better question will probably be Star Wars or Lord of the Rings next time. Oh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Amazon is coming out with an Aragorn series? No way. I just talked about it today with my barber Woo! I was going to haircut and dude. I just got excited. Well, I mean, everyone loves Aragorn, but of course, like, you want to know more about his backstory? That'll be yeah. awesome to see dude, more about him and learn more about him. That's sick. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah. I love that. Cool. All right. Well, that concludes the uh, point four segment and by extension, this episode of Lake the lake show (laughs) (laughs) three in the key three in the key podcast where we talk about the lake show the lakers there you go there you go etc 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 so thanks guys for listening to this episode Uh, make sure to subscribe you can listen to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts Um, please make sure to follow us on instagram as well at three in the key pod we're doing our best to get as much content up there as possible keep you up to date with what's going on with the lakers etc etc um yeah so have a great week guys we'll check back in with you guys uh, next week at this time take care